You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs New Week. It is Monday, which means we're going to talk some TCU baseball with Eric Hughes. If you missed it last week, Eric does a scoreboard and sound for TCU baseball in their home games. They were on the road this weekend, and I'll make this quick disclaimer. Schedule-wise, we're recording this on Sunday afternoon just because that's where it worked out, so we don't have the result of Sunday's game, uh, but I'll update that on Twitter on Monday morning. But as of now, we know that TCU has won um, seven games in a row. They're playing really, really well, and uh, they won their first two games at the Shriners Classic this weekend against Texas A&M Corpus Christi and against Texas State. So, Eric, first let's get into uh, some news that came down on Thursday, I think it was. Kendall Rogers put out that um, Johnny Ray and Marcelo Perez are out currently with COVID protocol issues. So um, they did not pitch this weekend. And Johnny Ray might actually be out next weekend too. But um, what what do you make of this? I think it's kind of interesting because one, from all I can tell, unless there are some reserves that aren't available, like it seems like everyone else is good to go. So maybe this was an exposure that happened, you know, outside of the baseball team. But this is the world that, you know, we're going to live in for this season. So um, I guess in some ways maybe it's good that it happened now as long as they stay healthy. And the team seemed to work around it pretty well so far this weekend. Yeah, no, I, it's interesting because I, yeah, from what I, from what I'm gathering, the, neither of these guys tested positive for COVID. Okay. It was just more of like a, um, I don't know if it was a tracing issue or what the deal was that they were exposed to somebody. Uh, but so that's good news to start. But on the second thing, like you said, there's, it, it is, I mean, I think you could see it as a blessing that it happened early on in the season and not something during conference, but it's just something that's going to, it's going to be happening like throughout the year, like whether it's PCU or their opponents, like this is something that is just going to be that we're going to have to live it, live with. And yeah, I think it, like you said, it, it is a little bit of a fortunate timing with, uh, being right now and just the fact that it was only only two guys that it wasn't something like a positive uh test that spread throughout the locker room or anything like that and so um yeah I think when you you never want to be without two guys especially a guy that's can, has so far been your Friday night starter and one of your best relievers in the pen but uh, it seems like the frogs were able to kind of work around it and um it's just going to be something that going to have to live with and you're going to have to be uh, going to have to plan for unfortunately. And if we're being honest this is a really weird field that they put together for this classic. This is usually a you know premier tournament. I'm not saying that it's not but you don't generally see this many mid-majors in there. So Texas A&M Corpus Christi uh, I think their left fielder is still chasing after some baseballs. <laughs> that TCU hit in that game uh, but they were actually down 5-1 and they came back nicely and and won but Charles King wasn't you know super sharp in in that start um, what have you made of this offense though as of late Eric because it does seem like they're starting to 
hit the ball more and put more pressure on these defenses night in and night out. Yeah, the offenses looked great. I mean, back-to-back games where you finish the game early because of a 10-run rule, that's always – you always like to see that. And so, I think the offense has been rounding – you've seen them round out the last few games. We talked on the last pod that I think it was more so of, like, we saw several of the freshmen that were kind of carrying the load, and we talked about some of the veterans like uh, Zach Humphreys or Hunter Wolf or some of these other guys kind of started off really slow, and, and you saw them really pick it up so far this weekend. And so it's been – I think it's just been – I don't want to say a sigh of relief because I don't think anybody was necessarily holding their breath, but it was just, it was just good to see these guys uh, hitting the ball well, moving – uh, just moving station to station and, and making things happen. So I think just from, if you're watching this as a fan, you are, you're just thrilled to see everybody contributing so far. In the first few minutes there, if you heard a squeaking, my dog found like the loudest squeak toy in the world, apparently. Um, so just had to take care of that for a minute, but we'll keep talking some TCU baseball. Always an adventure in the Simcox house between two toddlers and a puppy. Uh, getting a dog with two kids was not my smartest idea, but I digress. Let's let's talk some TCU baseball. Uh, Eric, also on that offense front and just how this team is playing, um, the freshmen have really emerged as, like, key hitters. Like This weekend we've seen Elijah Nunez at one, uh, Luke Boyers at two, Braden Taylor at three. So we'll see if, like, Gene Wood starts to come around at some point. You know, he's, he's struggling a little bit right now. Hunter Wolf is not necessarily hitting where you thought – he would be, but it does seem like uh, the freshmen are kind of emerging as the most consistent hitters on the team right now. Yeah, so far they've been rock solid. I mean, anytime you've got, I, I don't even, I mean, I don't even know if it's possible. I'm sure there's a way to look back, but like to have three freshmen in a row to start the lineup with Schloss, like I don't even think that that's ever happened. I mean, it it, it might have happened some sometime back in the Mountain West days or something, but. I feel like we need a uh, a nickname for these three or something. I mean, we got like freshman row or something. I don't know what, but these guys are – they're making it happen. Um, I mean, Braden Taylor, he has uh, ten hits on the year and seven have gone for extra bases. I mean, the guy has three triples already. I mean, so this isn't like, you know, you're just hitting bloopers. You're just kind of getting lucky. I mean, these guys are really driving the ball and, um, yeah, pushing – just just making the pitchers work. I mean, I, I think one of the impressive things about Elijah Nunez that I've seen so far is just his ability to just work the count and make the pitcher work for an out. Even if he even if he, you know, doesn't get a base hit or whatever, he's still making the pitcher work and making them throw uh some some tough pitches. And so it's just been fun to see these guys come in and uh compete and dominate really early on and um, it's something that obviously you don't necessarily expect to be every single weekend that the three freshmen are going to go out and rake, but the way that they're putting together good at bats, I think they're going to have an impact on the game either way. Yeah, Elijah Nunez, uh, I saw on Twitter, I can't remember who it was, but somebody mentioned they kind of remind him of Austin Wade, like the way he, you know, just works at bats like you said, from that leadoff position. So you do hope that continues as uh, as we go through the season. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk some more TCU baseball with Eric Hughes. This is Locked on Horn Frogs. 
My conversation with Eric will continue in a moment, but first I want to tell you about betonline.ag. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. If you've ever wondered, man, it seems like people are making a lot of money off sports wagering, or it just seems like kind of a fun side hustle that some people are involved in, but I have no idea how to start. Go to betonline.ag, and they will show you exactly what you need to get started. Uh, They have all the latest lines. They have great prop bets, all the information you need. They'll give you great advice on college basketball, the NBA. When the NFL and college football roll back around in the fall, you want to be tuned in to betonline.ag, but why don't you start today? Also, MLB coming up. There's more sports on than ever. UFC fighting, they cover it all. Betonline.ag, use the promo code LOCKEDON to get a 20% signing bonus all right locked on horn frogs segment two coming your way and so we talked about the lineup a little bit and let's discuss the pitching and the two games that we saw over the weekend charles king didn't have his best stuff but they were able to to pick him up on friday and then on saturday uh russell uh russell smith had a huge game again and he's been a, a real big force for this team all year so eric i guess just just how big is it that he has emerged um, so confidently so far and that you have on Saturday a guy that appears to be um, you know somewhat of an ace as well yeah no he's absolutely looked pretty dominant so far even in the one game against Liberty where he only went a few innings um, he's been striking guys out left and right I mean it's been he's really been dominating and I think if you just look at him, I mean just coming out of high school several years back in Midlothian like He's been a guy that I think scouts have always had their eye on. Just You just look at the build and everything. I mean, he looks like CeCe Zabathia or Randy Johnson out there. I mean, he's like six foot nine. That's just ridiculous. Throwing, throwing from the left side. And, and yeah, he just has been mi- mixing his pitches really well and keeping guys off balance. And so um, it's funny. I, I remember – so this is actually – his first season with the Horn Frogs was 2018, I believe. And so this is his fourth year on campus, but he is considered a redshirt sophomore because his second season, he had to have Tommy John. And then last year, he obviously with COVID cutting the season short. So when you look at it, I mean, he, he's had time to grow and develop as a pitcher, not just someone that's trying to blow, blow the ball past you. And so I think these extra years have really given him um he's just grown a lot because I remember his first year as a freshman he was pitching on Tuesday nights and he was just a little wild he was still you could tell he was going to be he was going to be somebody but he I think this year has just really learned just how to be more of a pitcher instead of just a thrower yeah I think that's a good point and you're right the size is ridiculous he he looks like a post player up there on the mound and (laughs) Um, you know, you've, you've played baseball at a fairly high level. I stopped in middle school, like sixth grade. I would think somebody with that size, even though he doesn't throw like, I mean, he throws fast, but he's not throwing like 95, 96. Mm-hmm. I would think that gets on a hitter in a hurry. Am I right about that? Like if he's coming downhill like that? Sure. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's got the extra reach. And so, um, no, it definitely has an effect and just seeing a big, I mean, obviously as a, as an athlete and a competitor, if you're at the plate, you're not just going to bow down to it. But I mean, it definitely has an effect seeing a, a guy like that on the mound. So it's, uh, it, it plays, I would say probably more into the mental side, but it, it is absolutely an effect. 
So let's just talk about this team as a whole right now. And you mentioned it. They've got two run rule victories, which is great. It's fantastic. The offense is playing really well. Um, they're red hot. And I know Coach Schloss said that uh, Liberty was a regional team. And Texas State is generally in the mix as well in the Sun Belt. Um, but, Eric, do you feel like this is a group that's just kind of beating up on inferior competition right now? Or, or do you think they're really kind of rounding into form into what they could be? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting question. I, I mean, I think it is a little bit of both. But if, I think if you look at the TCU program as a whole, the last few years they haven't hit the mark where they have, they have set that standard of, of making it to super regionals and making it to Omaha. Um, and because of that, and, and as a result of that, you have seen that these, some of these Tuesday night games in the past few years, they haven't been a given like they had been in the past. And I'm not saying you're going to win every single Tuesday game or every single game because baseball is different than, you know, football or basketball or other sports. But I think just seeing them dominate against these teams is kind of like, okay, like these guys are, they're here and this is a different squad than we've seen in the last few years. And so I think it is a little bit of beating up on teams that they should be beating up on, but the fact that they're actually doing that and not uh, just overlooking them or, um, or just playing, just not competing and not playing up to the standard that they should be. I think that's an, a sign of improvement from the past couple of years. No, I'd agree with that. I mean, I don't have, like, schedules in front of me, but I remember them losing a game to, like, Abilene Christian a couple years mm -hmm. ago. I, I remember some losses to SFA. Uh, mm -hmm. A few years ago they brought in – I don't remember what the name of the team was, but it was, like, some team up in the northeast. It was just a – it was late in the year. It was, like, a replacement for a conference series, and they dropped a game, and it only ended up getting two out of three. So – I think their ability to finish has been impressive. Even, you know, beating Texas Southern 20 to nothing um, on a night where maybe in the last few years that was a game that was 10 to 5 or something like that. Like they, they yeah. do uh, have some depth and it does feel like against groups like this, they're taking care of their business. So we'll see if that continues uh, as the year goes on. One more question and then we'll get to segment three. And Sorry if this catch you catching kind of off guard, but one guy that uh, Coach Losh mentioned in the offseason that I read about was Austin Henry. And, I mean, it's a long year, and I think Austin will get some opportunities, but it does seem like he's kind of lost his spot right now. I know he had a couple doubles in that series at Globe Life, um, but what do you think his role could be moving forward? I mean, pinch hitting opportunities maybe, maybe he – pops in and out of the lineup, but it does feel like he's kind of slipped away from that everyday starter that we saw uh, in the last few seasons. Yeah, it's it's true. It seems that way. And I know he's he's been a guy that has kind of moved around the infield. He played, I think, I believe he started out at second base and then played some first base. And as you've seen this year, uh, Braden Taylor has kind of taken over that role at second base. And it seems like he's, he's probably not going to be giving that up, at least of right now. And then and then you mentioned Gene Wood earlier has been struggling. And so I think it's, it's tough to say, you know, I think it's, it's a tough break for Austin who has been here for several years and ha has produced. I mean, this isn't a guy that's just, you know, just end of the end of the order bench type of guy. I mean, he's, he's batted in the middle of the order 
uh, for this team before. And so I think he's someone that um, absolutely can help the team win. Um, you know, he's come on as a pinch hitter uh, the, the past few games and um, just hasn't, hasn't had the at-bats that we know that he's capable of having. And so I think he, as long as he keeps at it and puts in those extra reps uh, in BP and everything, I think he's going to get his chance uh, to, to help the team win some, somewhere, along, some, somewhere down along the road. And so um, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But it has been, um, has been a little bit of a tough turn for him, I would say, this year. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll look a little bit at who the Frogs are playing this week and then leading in to the weekend. This is Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. One more segment with Eric Hughes coming up next, but I did want to mention uh, Built Bar is doing this really cool promotion right now. It's Built Bar Madness. It's similar to March Madness. It's basically a bracket challenge with all of your favorite Built Bar flavors. Built Bar is the most delicious protein bar on the market. I'm a huge fan of the coconut brownie flavor. That's my favorite one. I think that should be a one seed. I think that should go all the way. If you go to Built Bar's Twitter account, you can vote today on these flavors head-to-head. And don't forget, while you're doing that, you should also go to BuiltBar.com and check out some of the amazing um, flavors and opportunities they have. Peanut butter is great. Um Double chocolate is fantastic. Chocolate brownie. I'm a big chocolate guy, chocolate peanut butter guy. So those are all the ones that I love. But they have a bunch of different flavors um, and an assortment that you can find what you need at BuiltBar.com. Go there today and don't forget to vote on their Twitter account in the Built Bar Madness poll. Final segment here on Locked On Horn Frogs. I'm here with Eric Hughes, our guest, who is uh, in charge of scoreboard and sound at TCU Baseball Home Games. And man, Eric, they're uh, they're taking some money from you with all these road games they have. This this like rodeo road trip they have for a week and a half. This is yeah, man. They're on the road this whole this past weekend, and then Tuesday, and then they picked up a Wednesday game. So it's been mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're getting a lot of games in here on the road. They are. So as Eric said, Tuesday they actually play Texas State again in San Marcos, and I'll be interested to see. Um, I'm not like real in depth on Texas State's roster, but I know they threw a guy on Saturday who was kind of like their closer. Really, it seemed like a pitching by committee day for Texas State. So I don't know if they're setting up for somebody a little more capable on Tuesday to go at TCU, but um, that's something to watch. And then Wednesday against UTSA, and over the weekend, uh, Gonzaga back at home and Eric I really don't have many complaints about this team right now like I can't even think of much to work on the way they've been playing as of late against the teams that they're playing but um, we are inching closer I mean we only have two more weekend series before conference play starts so uh, what are some things that you'd like to see this group kind of get together or see more of before they do get into conference play uh, in a couple weekends here yeah you know I think I've really liked the way that these guys have been playing defense. I think they've been rock solid there. So I just would like to continue to see that to happen. And I think watching one of the games over this past weekend, uh, hearing one of the uh, the announcers talk about just TCU's defense all around, how solid it is and how, it, how it's been one of the best, how it looks to be like it could be one of the best in the nation. And so um, just continuing to, to play solid defense, because I think that's something that, is, is overlooked um, and it's not necessarily something fun to talk about, but is a major part, especially in college baseball. And so just continuing 
um, to to play well there. And then, um, you know, I think I'm just interested to see how Schloss is going to handle the starting rotation. They have, We've talked about it last week. There's a lot of guys that are capable and a lot of guys that, that can start. And so I think he's going to kind of, especially this past week with Johnny Ray being out and, and uh, Chuck King moving in, it's going to be interesting to see how he rolls his guys out there uh, for the next week with there being a lot of, a lot of games. And so just kind of settling into that um, rotation and seeing, seeing where, where things go from there, I think is going to be something I'm going to be watching. Yeah. The rotation is a big one for me. I, I, uh, I just want to see Johnny Raby sharper. I mean, I feel like it's been kind of up and down and now potentially two weeks off. I'm guessing that's probably not going to hurt, but help that, but can he get to a place where he can go deeper in games uh, and just look more the part? Now, obviously, like having Halen Green as somebody who can come in and build relief or Marcelo Perez is huge. Um, I just, if he can get to a better level and those other two guys stay consistent, then I, I really like what they have working on the weekend. And midweek, we'll see what who they go with. But you saw Jacob Metter up close and personal on Tuesday, and he's a Burleson guy, which Eric's from Burleson as well. Um, how, how did he look on Tuesday night against SFA? Because he really shut down the Lumberjacks pretty well. Yeah, he, he looked great, honestly. I was actually pleasantly surprised with how well he pitched because I we've seen him throw just in relief a few times, and he just seems like he, has, he hadn't had it. Like, he wasn't able to quite – he was still – he was throwing hard. He was making some good pitches, but – it was still kind of like he was trying to overpower some guys. Uh, and so there was just a lot of walks in those relief outings. And we didn't see anything like that this past Tuesday. I mean, he looked really sharp, um, was, wasn't necessarily trying to – it almost seemed like in his relief outings he was trying to strike everybody out. Mm-hmm. And in this past week, it seemed like he was okay with uh, just missing some barrels and, and allowing guys to – allowing his defense to work. And so that was really, really pleasant surprise to see. Um, and so, yeah, I, I mean, I think he's definitely an option uh, to be a midweek guy. So we'll see if Schloss keeps him in that role or if he moves him back to the pin. And congratulations to Coach Schlossnagel as well on getting 700 wins on yeah. Friday night. Really incredible accomplishment. Awesome. Uh, he is incredibly consistent, as we know, just – churns out and that's why they've missed Omaha the last few years and we talk about that like that's an easy place to get there's only eight teams that make it each year that's the standard that he's created here so Eric thank you for your time man we appreciate you joining us today Um, this is up on Monday and obviously we'll have an episode on Tuesday as well on Tuesday we'll talk some TCU basketball and get back to uh, some baseball and football all in one it's your daily TCU podcast locked on horned frogs I'll talk to you tomorrow